Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventurize, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arse. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM McCastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be adventurizing Dread. Dread is a 2012 science fiction action film directed by Pete Travis. It's based on the 2018 comic strip Judge Dread and its eponymous character. Carl Urban stars as Judge Dread, a law enforcer given the power of judge during execution in a vast dystopian metropolis called Mega City One that lies in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Dread and his apprentice partner, Judge Anderson, are forced to bring order to a 200-storey high-rise block of flats and deal with its resident drug lord, Mama. Opinionize. Good evening, Rod. How are you this evening? This Friday evening. No, 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 it's Wednesday. Don't spoil it for everyone at home. And, um... Shit, you caught me off guard. I've come unprepared. Uh, Google Translate me something. Um... Chryso, which is welcome in Welsh, but that'll do. I I was going to actually, uh, that was something I was going to raise off air, but might as well bring it, is that your uh, round-the-world trip of different hellos uh, didn't start with Welsh, which would, uh, you know, I, I'm glad it's here, basically. Well, I, I didn't want to flex too soon. Or as we'd say in Welsh, yes, because the English stole all the vowels in 1544. We're still pretty bitter about it, to be honest with you, but okay. Thanks for reminding us. Um, so yes, hi. <laughs> right. Let's get into the, stuck into it. We've we've had a, a, a an opinion. We were we were literally voted in by uh, a, a Twitter poll, and yep. they have chosen for us um, from a, a brief selection. The, the closest runner up would have been um, Captain America: Civil War, I believe, was it? Winter Soldier. A Winter Soldier, um, but yeah, dread it is. So what's your thoughts and feelings on Dread? Does it uh, does it resonate? Um, so basically Judge Dread and the whole 2000 AD situation um, is something I was always aware of, um, but I never really fully got into. Um, so I don't have a lot of uh, grasp on the whole uh, mythos the whole um universe um i've read some of the more recent licensed comics which i think are by is it image or idw um but my knowledge of 2000 ad uh original stuff is quite limited um it's something i always intended to get into because uh well, when I say always, um, basically when I found out about um, Alan Moore with Watchmen and V for Vendetta, 
uh, Judge Dredd and the 2008 stuff seem to be a similar sa- same with like Warhammer Fantasy and 40k to an extent. Um, it was a very kind of 80s Britain down with Thatcher type thing, mm. but I never really, uh, I, I, I never got round to it. Um, I never saw the Sylvester Stallone film in the 90s, so that never coloured my uh, image of Judge Dredd either. Um, but when I saw Dredd, it was everything I thought he was supposed to be. Um, and it's it's just it's a really tight 90 because it's you know it's about 90 minutes uh it's all in one effectively one location i know it's a big location but it is one location um and it still gets in um you know it, it gets lots of rules about the uh i've forgotten the name of his of the guns but you know the fact they won't fire for non-judges um they bring up psi judges um you know they get a lot of the there's a lot of things in the world touched on that i was aware of but like i said not majorly so um and also as well just the leads carl urban um olivia thilby and lena hedy are like yeah they're, they're great in most things and they're great in this too so yeah, my little, that's a lot of words to say. I love the film, but I don't have a lot of nostalgia tied up in, in uh, Dread and Mega City 1. What about yourself? Um, the, the weapon, uh, by the way, is called a lawgiver. And a lawmaker is the motorbike, is that right? That's true, yes. Lawmaker okay. and a lawgiver. Very true. Um, well, I, I grew up, um, well, Lawmaster, sorry, is the, the, the bike. Law, um, yeah, Lawgiver and Lawmaster. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I grew up on, um, 2080s. It was part of my childhood, really, you know, Dread especially. Um, I have still have some stored away somewhere, to be honest with you. I think I, I got the loaded ep- prog 1000, I think it was, or 100. There was a one and zeros involved. Um, and some of the iconic, iconic characters have been with me. You know, they live on in my memory now. Some of them are in graphic novel form on my shelf to this day. Um, Nikolai Dante, for example, uh, Durham Bread. Um, but Slanye, I believe, is how you would pronounce it. The same way as N-A-I-A-M-H is Neve. So I think it's pronounced Slanye. Um, he's probably my most favourite 2080 character of all time. I love the Arthurian legend, for one, and I'm a Celt, you know, already. So although we are separated by a sea, there's still that Celtic connection uh, with the Druid sort of mythos and sort of... Uh, the Mabinogi and Tirnanog and things like that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I agree with yourself. It is a very, 2080 is a very sort of post-punk finger to the establishment type thing. Um, heavily tongue-in-cheek while I was there, quite honestly. They they uh, had a um, they had a run, maybe about six or seven episodes of uh, 
Blair One, it was called, and B-L-A-I-R all stood for something. It was an acronym where Tony Blair was a robot uh, of some sorts. Uh, probably hasn't aged well, considering his warmongering ways, or so they say, alleged warmongering ways. Or aged really, really well. Or aged really, really well. Depends on your proclivities, I suppose. Um yeah. So yeah, when I learned anyway, to, to the point, when I learned that there was going to be a dread film, I was all on board. I was like, "Choo choo, let's go and see this ASAP." Um, in my naive youth, not really realizing what worn insides they would have been, it turns out that it was just how to how, how would you put it, you know, um, a whitewash pile of heated placenta. I suppose it it was just it was awful, absolute bag of turd, awful film. I um I haven't seen it, but I as I understand it, it's basically um what Sylvester Stallone did to arguably a lot of the films he was in in the nineties where they might have had interesting ideas, but he was like, Nope, this is the Sylvester Stallone show. I'm gonna come into your movie and I'm gonna play Sylvester Stallone and you're gonna pay me lots of money. Yeah, and you know Rob Schneider was in it. That that was another red flag that no one really picked up on. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa! Sorry, this is. I know Rob. we're getting. Did I say Rob or Roy? Uh, Rob. Yeah, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. This. So, sorry, I realise we're we're getting a bit distracted. And we're spending a lot of time talking about uh, things that are perhaps not what people are tuning in for. But did. Did that was there some sort of because you know obviously you've got the Adam Sandler Rob Schneider cinematic universe. Uh, was there some sort of attempt in the nineties to create a Sylvester Stallone Rob Schneider universe? Because Rob Schneider was in Demolition Man too. <laughs> Maybe there was. Maybe they were both under um, under contract. But, uh, yeah, he, he was in it, and he was meant to be the comic relief. I mean, compare and contrast that to the 2012 film with Carl Urban, there was no comic relief, because Dread doesn't need comic relief. It is over-the-top in certain things and what it does, but it doesn't require it. I mean, that film had Diane Lane and Max von Sydow. I mean, these, these are people who are not to be, you know, this is sort of like Oscar fodder. And then you've you've got them in this piece. Of the 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 nineties was a a strange time for licensed products, yeah. particularly com comic book products. Because yeah. uh, not long after this, you had Batman and Robin, um, the Inspector Gadget film as well. Mm. Though that was kind of it was always for kids, and it kind of stayed that way, but. Yeah, they, there was a lot of weird stuff around this time where they got big names in licensed stuff that was pretty naff at, at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I mean, it even had Ian Dewey in it as well, in a smaller role. But uh, yeah, enough of that. Um, they touched on a lot of weird and wonderful different things in that film um such as his twin brother rico and the angel gang and the cursed earth and the long walk and things like that you know there was a lot of sort of 
law out there to be had. That's L O R E. Um, but he was he was just marred by action. You know, he was he was like you say the the nineties was a terrible time. Because um, that's that's a thing with with dread. I thought, <clears throat> and obviously, you have a better understanding of the law than I do. Is dread felt had lots of stuff like it drew lots of things in but it didn't because how long has it been it's been well when this came out it was what for it'd been going for what 40 years 50 years the story itself uh, is in the comic yeah oh um he came out he, i think he was in the 80s if i'm if i'm correct i could be wrong though okay so th- maybe 30 then but it appears that like they they took lots so it felt like it was in the world whereas the 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 1995 film and i think a lot of that was the problem with a lot of the pre a lot of kind of pre uh batman begins comic book films is they tried to take 30 years of comics and fit it into a 90 minute movie yeah that is true um 77, Judge Dredd appeared in the f- second ever edition of 2000 AD, and he's been with us then ever since. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, along came Carl Urban then, you know, and basically revitalised it and took the film in the direction that it needed to be. He put on the screen the emotionless dread that we all knew from reading the comics, you know, from, from my childhood. Although he's superhuman, he's still vulnerable and mortal. Although he's fearless, he had a natural self-preservation, you know? So he wasn't, he could be perceived as fear, but to him, he was just, you know, he was doing the right thing, you know, to keep himself alive, to continue dispensing justice. Whereas Sly Stallone was this... He was, there's a scene at the very beginning where he equips statisticals and he's literally, people are shooting up at him and he goes, oh, they're firing X weapon. The range, the effective range of it is 1,000 metres. Anything that hits me won't kill me. Like, well, don't, just don't get hit in the first place. Just, just don't stand in the way, you, you meat android. Just absolute melon. So, yeah, um, Dread. <laughs> Dread came along. I love the film. The violence was graphic, but not gratuitous. It was realistic and it was grounded. It wasn't over the top and, and things like that. I, I just, I was in love with it, immediately in love with it. Um, sadly, they'll never come to bring out any, any more, although I wish I could have more. Um, but yeah, Dread 3D has pride of place on my uh, Blu-ray shelf, and I do enjoy watching it. Cool. Let's, uh, let's uh, mechanise it. Mechanize. Okay, so you, so Rod, you're clearly more of the authority on this. So I have got some ideas, um, but I, I'll let you take take the lead on on this one. What what were your kind of initial thoughts? Because I imagine you'll be bringing more uh, of the overarching lore in than I will, because as I said, I. I, 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 it's not something I'm as familiar with. Basically, anything outside of the the runtime of Dread, I'm 
guessing at and you know stuff i've heard so i'll i'll let you take the lead where would you begin so beginning with looking at what dread brings to the table in terms of an actual adventure and the, the the same old question so adventurize bingo cards at the ready where do the characters go so much the same as aquaman episode two season one a dread game wouldn't have dread i would say he's That's a single fair. character you're presumably going to be running if you if you're doing a one-on-one game then that's fine. If you've got a small group of people, you could have Dread and Sajja Janderson. Um, then that is stopping you from doing that. But it's more than likely that you're just going to be maybe just have Dread on his own. Yeah, remove him from the equation. Maybe you could have him as an NPC or a mission giver. You know, maybe he could sort of, you could interweave him whereby your paths cross sometime along your adventure, you know, something along those lines. He could be off doing his own high-level main story arc kind of thing, though, you know. So I would have um, the characters play their own judges, for for example, in this sense, um, play their own judges, but they are secondary to Dread, Dread who's doing the main the main mission you know he's doing all the legwork and you're maybe clearing up or doing a side mission which enables him to proceed with his own for example yeah um, i just because you were referencing previous episodes i think dread has a similar uh he's similar to batman in the sense that he does have allies but he is at the end of the day someone who marches to his own drum and I think, uh, or at least from my perspective, uh, a lot of what we said about playing as Batman, like you said, with the one-to-one game, I think a lot of that applies here as well. Yeah, but I wouldn't dismiss him entirely. You know, he can still be there, <clears throat> excuse me, but the characters would be the supporting cast in his adventure. So that that's sort of a fine line to play. If he wasn't there at all, then you can do whatever. You could ride roughshod as much as you want. They could be high-level judges. You know, Mega City 1 spans from the Florida Keys all the way to the Canadian border. You know, there's there's a lot of space to inhabit. So what's to say that there aren't peers to Judge Dredd, although he is the most famous of them all? What's to say that there aren't going to be, you know, people of similar stature and, and repute like him? So you could run a group from from Academy right the way up to, to fame and fortune. Well, fame at least. Um and infamy. So you could you could do it that way. Um but yeah, yeah, if you were to include Dread, you would be the supporting cast to his adventures, how I would. Because you've mentioned um Rico, which as I understand is uh as Dread is they're both clones of another judge yes uh would it be complete anathema to the law um to to kind of in order to put the player characters on the same level that they are similar clones of a legendary judge or is that is that getting into uh, uh, you know am i am i running roughshod all over the law there 
law LOI. Yes. To say that they would be, that there was like a group of five other clones hidden away in the background that no one knew about that have only just been let out of their caissons after Joseph and Rico. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You could. You know, it's your game. You can do what it would. But if you're if you're looking for a sort of a realism type game, um, as in realism, as in verisimilitude, not realistic. As in, yeah, yeah. As in, it's believable within the law of the world, as yeah. it currently stands. Yeah, yeah. That that would be sort of. But there's nothing stopping you from doing that. And if that's one of the angles that you guys want to take, then that's fine. But like I say, there's there's nothing stopping. There's always plenty of opportunity in Mega City One to uh, to rise up the ladder. I mean, Judge Dredd may be one of the best beat cops out there, but he has his own superiors. You know, he's he will remain at the the bottom rung for his entire career. He won't rise up through the ranks to become a sergeant or um, chief justice. Excuse me. I mean, the handy thing for having him in your games is that he could be a Deus Ex or an exposition aid. You know, he could come in and give you chunks of information. You know, if you're supporting his mission, what's to say that he isn't spoon feeding uh, clues and, and evidence to you? You know, is that. Um... Yeah, because if you, if you definitely wanted him to be there. But this would get into the the dangerous area of uh, DMPC. Uh, you could you could take the the setup from from the film. Um, I've forgotten what what it's called, but uh, the players could be. Um, uh, are they called? Uh, I don't think they're called prospects, but I've forgotten what they actually call them. Cadets. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, and basically, the the dread is basically uh, Anderson's field exam, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was. <clears throat> it was originally meant to be a field exam, which sort of went live round fire instead. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just saying, you could ha- you could have him. The reason he's about is because it's a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he could he could be doing that himself. There's no problem with that. Um, but then again, you know, you don't have to have it in Mega City One. There's yeah, I... lots of other places. I mean, well, we, you know, we can obviously come to that in a moment. Um, but because uh, I yeah. person, I I personally would have dread. Dread would dread himself would be elsewhere if i was doing this i i i wouldn't bring him in at all he'd be uh if anything um because i know you've played it as well the conan exiles game where you can literally bump into conan for a little bit of dialogue as a kind of like look he's there but he has absolutely zero effect on the the storyline or or the game just a little bit of fan service yeah yeah so that's where the characters would go as for the story itself based solely on the 2012 film uh it's your basic dungeon crawl so you know if 
if you look back on it now with a role-playing game mentality, it's like you say, with Aquaman episode two, you're going to come away from that film immediately thinking this is a pre-packaged D&D game or, you know, adventure, um, just waiting to be put pen and paper. Um, Albeit it's inverted because you're going up instead of down. But nothing says that you can't start from the top and escape on your way down. You know, there's there's lots of different ways of doing it. Um, yeah, because that's that was something I thought of um, with the dungeon crawl aspect. Because I I had uh, three kind of different ways to do it, um, which I think will come up as you discuss things as well. Um, but just with the the kind of standard one of being judges or you know police officers lawmen what if you if you're filing off all the serial numbers you know whatever you call them they are judges if you're using this as inspiration yeah uh, so recruits judges i mean if you're going to chief justices you're looking more at the sort of the politic inside of it so yeah anything boots on ground yeah i agree yeah, and so uh, you could have it as a big, um, like a mega dungeon. Um, there are some mega dungeons you could even reskin that are just towers. I think there's one for Pathfinder. Um, uh, but you could almost do it in two parts. You've got the... Because depending on how the players go about it, they could get to the top of the tower, meet gang leader, you know, shoot them in the face, or like in the film, spoiler alert, kick her down the down all the way from the top to the bottom. Um, but if your players are more by the book, maybe not the Judge Dread book, but a book, um, and they decide they want to bring her in it then turns into uh, an escort mission, i.e. once you've got them, incapacitated them, getting getting yourselves and them out. So you can go up and down. That, that would be a, a big undertaking, and it would be potentially very difficult to keep it interesting, I think, because obviously you'd be going back through locations that you'd already gone through, but there might have been paths you didn't take. Uh, but I did think that was quite interesting, that if the players choose to capture the criminal at the top, but there are still other members of the gang active, you can go up and you can come down. As in, the game doesn't stop when you get to the top. Yes, um... <clears throat> Would there be any resistance on the way back down, though? Having slaughtered their way to the top, if I were a criminal, I, I probably wouldn't give much of a resistance, to be honest, after that. Mm, just a thought. Ah, but then you've got the... Uh, again, using from Dread, Dread the Phil, um, part of the reason they... Uh, locked it down is that they already had judges in their pocket who were to come and uh, sort the uh, you know kind of smooth over the situation um, so 
when coming down, maybe you're not facing the gang members, but the corrupt law enforcement that have come to uh, basically sweep everything under the carpet. So, weak and waning, you're then levelling up the difficulty for the way down. Because these are not just your average criminals, albeit they had a, a Gatling gun. Um, it's they, they, they're, you know, cream of the crop with a lawgiver weapon, which has um, several different types of uh, of arsenal and bullet in there. You know, that's uh, that's going to be t- that's going to be me. I, I like that. I like that idea. Now then, that you've added that instead, yeah. Because again, it it kind of switches things. Uh, if we were talking, because we were talking again, I think I'm going to be speaking, referring to the Batman episode quite a bit, actually. Um, we were talking about you could be uh, the inmates hunting down Batman or Batman picking off the the uh, Arkham Asylum inmates one by one. If you do it with this kind of up and down, you kind of have going up the story is your players mowing down mooks uh and then when they come back down it beca- it turns into a more of a cat and mouse escape game and you could have it the the feel could shift you need the right uh, you need to do it the right way and have people on board for almost it being the opposite way around. Because normally, in a standard level-based game, you start weak and you become strong and you mow down mooks at the end, not the beginning. Mm. Whereas with this, you'd the the gang members, who are just gang members you'd basically be doing all your mowing down and being powerful on the way up. And then when you come back down, you're suddenly, uh, you're no longer the, uh, the powerful one. The powerful one is the, the shoes on the other foot now, <laughs> but you don't have to do it that way. You could do it any other way. It's just like you were saying about, uh, going up instead of down. Why not go up and down? Or if you want to invert it, go down and up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned there were three ideas. What what would be idea number two? Okay, the, this one is a bit different because I don't know of any RPGs that do this, but I also can't believe that it hasn't been looked at. There must be, you know, um, a Pathfinder book on siege warfare or something like that. GURPS book, probably. Um, Basically, be the criminals. uh, Be the gang. And so it's like a tower defense. has become the masters. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt, but you finally learned to to flip the script. Good one. Um, Well done. But yeah, so you've got the the bad the bad guys. Uh, so you're the, and then basically the law are coming for you. Law spelled L-A-W. There's, we, unfortunately, with Judge Dredd, the word law we say it so often, but it's 
it's the different one every time, isn't it? Um, but yeah, the law, L-A-W, will be coming for you. Um, so it would be like a tower defense game. I, I think you'd need, you'd need a, like a blueprint, the level of detail depending on your preference, but with a certain number of, uh, you know, weak points, um, you know, uh, structural, you know, structural weak points, but also defensive weak points, choke points, all that kind of stuff. And you set up your defense. You know, you figure, you decide where you're going to go, and then somehow, probably using random tables or uh, asking someone not involved in the game to have a look, uh, the law would then attack. And depending on your decisions you'd either be able to keep the law out at every opportunity or they would come in and it would turn into a uh, a, a cat and mouse game where I think the who was the cat and who was the mouse would switch around. But um, yeah, I, I would see it as rather than the criminals coming down, rather than making it just a straight up or down, this would be a... Uh, the criminals obviously are defend. You'd be making sure your leader doesn't get captured, and there would be various methods in- employed by the law enforcement side to do that. So it would require a. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how I would run it. I just had the thought that it would be like tower defense. So you know, you would say. You've got X amount of time. What are you going to do? And you would say, you know, we'll barricade up a known uh, ventilation shaft that leads to outside or something. You know, um, I, I'm just spitballing here. But that was my thought. It as the second point is criminals, and you make it a a siege tower defense type game rather than a. You know, it doesn't matter about going all the way up or all the way down. It's about just keeping that objective safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't pass your your path, your your floor. Yeah, sounds good. Interesting. Uh, Sanctum and Sanctum Two is a tower defense game on Steam. Uh, that springs to mind, whereby you have to uh, create barriers and. Uh, lead them uh the these grimly monsters down uh down the path of your making each with its own you know tower and so forth uh irrelevant but yeah that that springs to mind as you talk about that so maybe something to discuss there mm. <clears throat> i mean my ideas then because because the 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 film itself is is pretty cut and paste when it comes to the dungeon crawl or the skyscraper crawl, however you want to look at it, um, that you then expand on the universe from beyond the confines of the film. So you've got lots of places to visit. There's Luna One. There's the Cursed Earth. The this this was actually the Cursed Earth was actually visited in Stallone's film, um, and they're all very sort of interesting locales to to visit. And naturally bring justice to um plenty of information out there so you could always um 
you know, do a bit of research of your own, you know, go on a wiki, pick up a book, whatever the case is, watch a couple of YouTube videos if needs be. Um, if you don't already have, you know, the information um, to hand from your own collection or whatever, and then it just becomes a smorgasbord of information and opportunity then, you know, just, just go for it. Um, if you're in the cursed earth, do the same. Why not have where you need to be um, like a rescue mission, but uh, the tower, instead of being, you know, peach trees, which is relatively sort of, uh, uh, it's not so much run down. It's just um, it's a tenement. You know, it's 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 poor. It's 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 uh, lower class accommodation. Whereas this one could be a crumbling smash tower, much the same as um, Blade Runner 2049. And 2049, yeah. Yeah, where Harrison Ford, Rick Deckard's character, was living out far off in the wastes and his surroundings were all, well, they were just red-tinted and, and dusty and, and horrible. So you could do that. And instead of criminals, the, the tower could be filled with muties or mutants. Um, or same again, you know, a, a large sort of hab block on Luna One, um, and these lunar colonists all protesting for for better living conditions. You know, all of them are lawbreakers in the judge's eyes, so you know the location doesn't really you know matter per se. It's just where you've put this this new dungeon, climb dungeon crawl, um, but then the location could pose a threat. You know, you, why not have a, a stray bullet pierce the bulkheads of the Lunar Hab block, you know, causing a, a, a breach? Um, are you a group of judges taking a long walk in the cursed earth who band together for safety? You know, that, like you said, you know, it, it, verisimilitude would go out the window. That, that number of judges all together at the same time would be incorrect. But, just, a little, just a little bit on that. Obvious, obviously, I know, obviously because I'm such an expert on 2080 um, and Judge Dredd. But for anyone listening who perhaps isn't fully uh, aware of the long walk, because um, uh, basically, pull down the charade. I know that's where, that's like, that's like the judge equivalent of retirement, right? Yes, yes. And it's basically just going into the wilderness to die. Is Effectively, that... yeah. Only the wilderness is full of cannibals, mutants, and radiation. Okay, so what what is there? That's the one thing I, I okay. So apparently, I I did I do understand it, but I I'm not sure what's the um like why do they do that instead of just living out their days in the cities. Or is that just something that isn't explained? <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it's it's their final thing. It's because um, the cursed earth is lawless, isn't it? So they're, they're going out and bringing law to the lawless. So they're still doing their job, but, you, you know, they're not doing it as a street judge or... Because so it, it... a judge's job is never done. So it's essentially, it's, it's, a, symbol, it's a symbolic thing, not a practical thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, you could be old, retired judges, but then again, distressed, disgraced judges could do the same as well. So maybe you're out there looking for redemption. Um, 
maybe you're not. Maybe you you've because there's no reasons why they can't go out beyond the boundaries of Mega City One. So, what's to say that you don't then go out and about to? Um... Oh, that just reminded me of something. Uh... Um, yeah, so what's to say that you don't go out beyond the borders of Mega City One to be able to to you know with the the intention of returning. Um, the thing I remembered was. Uh, the it just so happened that Rob Schneider's character knew how to get back into Mega City One from Cursed Earth by going through a flaming vent, and then I had flashbacks to The Rock, and then it made me think, well, that's the exact same reason why Sean Connery was employed is because he could get them back in, and it just they said, like, well, you know, plagiarize mass, yeah, jeez, awful, awful, awful film. Okay, so yeah, there's lots of ways, lots of things you could do it, but we're 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 well outside of the dread film there. Oh yeah, well beyond the dread film, but you know that's that's not to say that you can't take the dread concept, as in climbing a building, but then taking an interesting twist and placing it somewhere else. Yeah, um, <laughs> taking from your lead, whereby. You know, the apprentice has now become the master. Uh, yes, why not be a criminal? But then the universe of Judge Dredd has a vast array of citizens to choose from as well. So you've got the competitive eaters called the fatties. Um, I think there was meant to be one at the very beginning of Dread. You know where he um, puts the flare in the, the mouth of, uh, of the captive, uh, the captor? Yes, uh, yeah. he was meant to be a fatty in that scene. I think he's on a scooter, but normally what they have in the the comics, at least, is a wheel underneath their large rotund bellies uh, to to give them the, the the weight to take the weight off to allow them to continue to walk on their ever shrinking, tiny little stubby legs underneath all the flab. Uh, ah, so okay. it's the fatties. Yeah. Um, interesting, you know, why not make it because. You can have Judge Dredd, but like I said, then you can have his peers. They don't have to be from um, Mega City 1. They could be from Mega City 2, from Britsit. Uh, they're called Beat Judges there, incidentally. Um, there's Sovblock Judges. Vatican City also stands true uh, in Judge Dredd's world, and they have Judge Inquisitors. <laughs> So, um, you know, you could there's, there's an interesting dynamic and the opportunity to uh, to put on an Italian or are they are the Swiss guards specifically Swiss? I don't think they are anymore. There we are. Then so, yeah, you could you could move away because not every um, not every judge actually speaks with a gruff voice. So you can, you know, use a you know, a Soviet Russian voice or, uh, you know, Italian voice. Um, you haven't seen the uh, the first film, so there was a robot in there, which was an, an old ABC warrior. So why not have them? They're robots, uh, the ABC warriors. So why why not be old abandoned warriors? Um, if not, you could have them as the antagonists while in the Cursed Earth. That's probably where you'd mainly find them. Um, so yeah, you can take the, the the climb, but the location doesn't necessarily have to be Mega City One. Moving it from Mega City One is going to resolve the issue of what to do with Dread himself then, because he's not there. You could make up a Dread-like figure um, of of infamy in whatever location you choose. Then you know, um, 
So there's that. And uh, you had a third. Have we had two from you so far or three? Yes. The the third one is the uh, the wildcard one. But uh, the End of the World RPGs by FFG. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not necessarily playing as yourself like in those, but um, basically being the the normal citizens or maybe you're not normal citizens but you're uh you're you're neither a judge or the main target going back to the dread setup of a an apartment building so you're not um in mama's gang or a judge you're someone caught in the crossfire and Basically, you have to escape, which would be get when we're talking about are you going up, you're going down, or you're doing both, you know, you're getting out however you can. Um, I thought it could be interesting, but it's being like powerless people caught in a crossfire between law enforcement and gang people is potentially a bit. raw for what people want from their rpg games it's it there is potentially some some issues that would need to be dealt with sensitively so it i i did want to keep it in the episode but it's not something i would want to actually do um Um, look into this war of mine uh, which I believe is now a board game as well as it is a computer game. That that does people caught in the crossfire, um, just average innocent civilians, uh, with a lot of sort of um, dignity and uh, sensitivity and subtlety as well. It's uh, it, you know it's it's poignant as well. So yeah, use if you were to do that. Um, maybe look into that one as well and, and just try and emulate that a little bit. It's a good idea. Yeah, I just think there's a there's a definite right for, like you say, you've got to deal with, with I think dignity is the right word. Um, and also as well, it just strikes me that it could end up being, a, you know, kind of like a good game, but everyone feels awful at the end. Um a bit like, because um, for example, I'm never going to watch it again. But uh, Requiem for a Dream oh. is a br- is a brilliant film, you know, as in a piece of filmmaking. But I don't watch it like uh, as in I've watched it. I'm never going to watch it again because I, you know, it doesn't make me feel good to watch it. It's not a fun experience. No, no, it's not. And, yeah, and I think being. Uh, innocence caught in the crossfire could could you know could easily end up that if it's not done right. There's too many real world parallels as well that you know someone could it could be a pitfall that people could start to fall into that sort of trope or caricature. You know, there's, yeah. there's too many things going on in the real world right now, sadly, that uh, would emulate something similar. Um, yeah, so I so I did think of it, and I thought I'd include it in the episode. And if people think they could do it well, you know, crack on. But uh, that that suggestion does come with the disclaimer of I thought about it, but it's definitely not something I think I would 
want to play or run. I know we're. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm kind of taking that idea and saying no up front. But it's an idea, yeah. and if you think you could do it well, and you've got people who you think would enjoy it, you know, more power to you. Yeah, just Wheaton's Law at the end of the day, you know, just that's that would abide by by that one, I would say. Um, but then there are people in this world who would do it for the. You know, to to end up having a TPK maybe, and you know that's that's you do you guys. And I guess also as well, if you were, uh, if it was something like a Ten Candles or Dread game, where everyone knew that the outcome was going to be, you know, it's not so much do you survive, but how far do you get? It could maybe fit. I I just I just thought that. It was it was an idea, but it's an idea that I almost immediately decided that I didn't think was very fun for me personally. I basically I thought it would be a requiem for a dream. No matter how no matter how good the game turned out, I'd end up feeling a little bit, uh, you know, you'd be drained and dirty. Yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. I just imagining it. Yeah, I mean. We could try it because that's the only way you'd ever really know. But uh, imagining it is enough for me to think I'm, I don't want to try it. I can see where you're but, coming from with that. Because the yeah. the only other way is you do it like a, a a Dwayne Johnson film or a Sylvester Stallone film that the ordinary civilians caught in the crossfire are actually undercover badasses and they and they can you know beat the gang members and the lawmen and 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 escape. You you could do it you could do it that way, but then if you're gonna make these random, it basically if you're gonna do that, why not just be the lawmen or the criminals? So, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Is there anything extra that you can think of? Uh, no, I think we've covered uh, quite a lot. Okay, let's bring it home then. Systemize. Okay, when it comes to systems, I think this is the is this the first one we've done where there is a genuine yeah I've, RPG. Uh, I um, so, yeah, there's several. Is, oh, hang on. Uh, I mean, you could say with Aquaman, there is um, uh, uh, capes or something. I can't remember laser eyes and capey pies or something. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, there's that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's several, as I understand it, licensed Judge Dredd RPGs. But yeah, the most recent of which is EN Publishing, which I believe is uh, quite critically acclaimed uh, and is well received. Okay, because I was going to say, I haven't read the full version of any Judge Dredd RPG. And the latest one, I looked at the quick start and it didn't grab my attention. So it might very well be really good. Um, maybe I didn't give it enough chance. So, you know, you know, maybe if, if as soon as I said it didn't grab me, anyone listening is going, you know, clutching their pearls, you know, let, let me, let me know the, the social media stuff will be in the show notes and tell me how wrong I am. Um, but ultimately I, although they all exist, I couldn't recommend any of them because basically I'm not familiar with any of them. So I wouldn't want to to uh, kind of say, yeah, use that because, you know, I, 
it would be me recommending something that I have no knowledge of. So, and I wouldn't want to do that. So I would say depending on um, what type of game you're looking to run, systems are Stars Without Number uh, or Starfinder, depending on where you want to sit on the, the level of crunch and superhero to ordinary guy-ness. Uh, you know, either one of those will, uh, you know, once you figure out where you want to sit, one of those will will do something like this. But did you have some uh, some more specific ideas, Rod? Uh, well, I agree with Stars of Numbers, uh, but I would also add... Um... Osprey games do a selection of, I mean, they're meant to be sort of tabletop um, war games. Uh, so depending on what sort of angle you intend to run, you've got um, larger scale versus smaller group scale uh, war games, such as A Billion Suns, Rogue Stars, Black Ops, just for the combat mechanics of it. And you can just RP around that. So you can use those rule sets as the the meat in your sausage roll and the puff pastry is what you bring to the table then. Um, I yeah, had... Like, sorry, go ahead. All I was going to say is um, when I was talking about the, the kind of tower defense idea, maybe something like that, like you, you know, because maybe there would be kind of larger scale... Um, uh, you know, conflicts uh, and doing something like that. It's, it's just like, you know, I, I'm just having another... It's like, yeah, that would facilitate the idea, maybe. Just, just I, I'm just thinking out loud now, carry, carry on with your thoughts. I, you know, I'm not really mm. going anywhere with this. I'm just saying, ah, oh, that's, you know, something I didn't think of and it kind of feeds feeds into something I was thinking of. Uh, so I'll, I, my brain is just going around in circles. Carry on. <laughs> No, that's right. You know, it's it's worth bringing up that maybe to to move away from the standard typical tabletop role playing game to something whereby the role play is what you bring to the table. Effectively, all D and D is is a set of rules for combat and how to do skill checks. The rest of it is is down to the characters themselves. You know that you don't have. He doesn't tell you that all dwarves have a Scottish accent. That's something that people tend to bring to the table themselves you know um a perfect example of that again sorry to pick on dungeons and dragons the rule book says that um all tiefling skin is meant to be red but people make tieflings whatever skin color they choose so they're already breaking the rules as it were so why not you know just use the the rules as they see fit um and like I say, the RP then comes around it. So you can use these sort of uh, small um, skirmish-based games then, you know, and they, they can be certain ones that come with a lot of crunch and some of them that don't come with any crunch at all. Um, but yeah, it depends on how you want to do. I mean, Black Ops, like I say, works perfect for small skirmish things, but then it doesn't account for psychic abilities. So things then you're really opening up the door then to whatever you really favor then you know you've got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of different ones out there like um brutality uh inquisitor now that's an old 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 game summarize if you can get your hands on it um it's free they did 
once upon a time release 84 millimeter scale though so if you were going to be sticking quite faithfully to it there is uh, a version of it on a 28 millimeter scale rather than inches it's more than centimeters and so forth uh, otherwise things are going to be all over the way um but yeah it's a good uh it's a good systems out there give it a go Okay, so we've discussed a fair bit. And honestly, I'm actually quite, I'm unsure on this one. Maybe is the answer for this, because I think it would be good. But as good as I, a little bit like, uh, and I'll, uh, this seems to have been the, uh, the uh, not recap, that's the wrong word, but the, the reference uh, episode. Much like, uh, uh, Monsters Inc., where I said the story beat, you know, it's a very tight, well scripted film. Dread gets an awful lot packed into its 90 minutes and has, you know, you know, uh, uh, keeps a fair clip for that 90 minutes. So part of me thinks that I'd always be disappointed by a tabletop version because something wouldn't quite feel right. So I think ultimately. My answer is, I would like to play or run this, but it it's a long way off the top of the list. Um, there, there's so many other games, both that we've discussed on this podcast, um, discussed outside of this podcast, um, stuff in my brain I've discussed with other people, stuff in my brain I've discussed with no one but myself. Um, yeah, I think ultimately this one is just too far. Is is a yes, but I'll never get to it. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I love the film. I think we've gone through this enough. But yeah, I love the film. And although the opportunity um, to play as the you know as the lawman himself would be great, I know it would never happen, and that that that's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind trying to play a judge or a citizen or a criminal of Mega City One. It would be it would be cool. Um, I would wonder whether or not it would ever transpire, though. A, like you say, is a maybe, but I think it's the similar reason as to why we don't play Warhammer Forty Thousand games. Is that with me knowing so much about the law ahead of everyone else? Lore, lore. Uh, would then the DM? which would presumably be yourself, be intimidated then in case there'd be a little finger going up and, and me going, well, actually, what you, what you would find is that it was this, that, and the other. Um, so, yeah, we don't tend to play Wrath and Glory or, or, or Dark Heresy games, and I think that may be for the same reason we wouldn't end up playing a Judge Dredd game either. Um, but, yeah, if the opportunity ever did arose, I would hold my tongue. That's Scout's honour. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely participate and join in. That'd be so Sounds fun. Maybe do something a bit more serial numbers-y filed off, but very dread-flavoured, because, obviously, we've played in... Uh, well, we're doing a Stars Without Number game. Uh, and my initial thought was to kind of make it a dark heresy game with the start you know with you know make it um the imperium but not quite um but because 
it was a what was it? It was like four days after because uh, it's part of a club for anyone who's wondering why there was stipulation as to when it when it when it started. Um, it was like four days I had to to come up with it or something, something like that. Um, and it's just turned into me smashing all all the sci-fi stuff I know together and seeing what falls out. Um, I think for that exact reason, like you say, I, I maybe I'm more more inclined to do this, but it would be a serial numbers filed off. Uh, inspired by world but maybe do a little bit more mapping out of the world than in the current stars without number campaign yeah. we've got so that's uh our first fan picked i say fan random people on twitter surely some of them are fans you know they clicked they clicked on a on a twitter poll so that makes them a fan in my book uh our first fan picked episode uh and so yeah thanks for listening um if anyone listening voted for dread thanks for voting if anyone listening voted for captain america the winter soldier also thank you for listening um you know you're a good sport because your your boy lost um uh but yeah so uh all the social media stuff in the show notes as well as uh, an affiliate link for Firestorm Games. So if you are looking to buy any RPG or war game hobby stuff uh, and feel like uh, allowing us to get a little bit of a, of, a, of a commission for it, click the link in the show notes and uh, costs you nothing, but a little bit will come the show's way. Um, so yeah, that's that's all from me. Any anything from yourself, Rod? No, it's just been great to have that engagement from the uh the world beyond this microphone, really. Uh it's uh it's nice to hear the feedback. Um good or bad, you know, if there's something that we can do better, then obviously let us know. Um but it's been really interesting in seeing and having feedback to to know where we're going right as well. Um so please, you know, don't be afraid to pop us a note on Twitter or the social medias. And uh, yeah, please comment, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. It's it's, uh, it's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, something as well that I, I, I'd like to, to highlight, Rod, is we got through a whole episode about Judge Dredd without any of us yelling, I am the law. Ah, shit. Shit. <laughs> and see. That was, that was a bad joke at the end, but well done. Good for you. <laughs> so that was our episode on Dread. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time.